good. And all the time. Amen. You may be seated. We're so glad you're here today. And it looks like on maybe one of the last summer things that people have in their schedule that we got a few empty seats this morning. So if you'll help the speaker from time to time, set in two or three different seats. That'll work. And uh, no, it won't. Just stay where you're at and behave yourself. Have a good time in the Lord today. I have, on practically every occasion, I give a boost to our Wednesday night activity as to who the speaker is, the presenter Bible study, and uh, I'm going to do that again today for this Wednesday night. Now, if you know the calendar, this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. That is usually the designated time that the pastor gives the presentation on Wednesday night. Guess what? The pastor plans on being here Wednesday night. Hopefully that you will be able to, as the Lord provides us with a word from His Word, and that it will be a blessing to you. Prior to the presentation, though, is our Wednesday night prayer meeting at 6.30. And while the uh, presentation is going on, downstairs our youth meet as well. And I trust that we give Wednesday night our attention. It is a good thing to do. I've heard several uh, remarks concerning our world situation, in particular Afghanistan, and we're praying as a church for that, for the things that have been connected to it. Also, today, already perhaps, the Ida, I believe, is the name of the hurricane that is approaching the Gulf, and uh, it may already have hit. I'm not sure of the timetable, but there's going to be so much uh, tragedy involved there as well. Let's remember all the circumstances. Let's bring it close to home. We have families. We have loved ones that are in need of God's help, salvation, healing. We want to pray, continue to pray for revival in our land and our own church land. Let's have all these things. Let it not escape our attention. And let us worship the Lord this morning. Brother Harold will be coming now with our presentation, his presentation from the Lord for today. And let us receive from the Lord what the Lord has for us. Praise the Lord. There's a lot going on, a lot of news all the time, right? Did you guys hear uh, the uh, rumor about butter this week? You didn't hear the rumor about butter? Well, I'm not going to spread it, so. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> all right, here we go. Announcement. 
announcement. Um, past pastor said he'll be speaking this uh, Wednesday night, so remember that. But also, uh, Saturday's a ladies' meeting at 5 o'clock here at the church. So that'll be coming up this Saturday. And then also remember ladies' retreat coming up uh, October 1st. And uh, you just have till September 1st to get your rooms um, reserved. So if you haven't done that, you definitely need to do that. Uh-huh. Okay. Five o'clock. Yep. Five o'clock. And they said bring whatever you want for that. Okay. All right. So um, we're actually not going to have a, a presentation on generosity um, this morning. We're not quite done yet. Like, as I think I mentioned last week, we're going to kind of tie generosity and prayer and even some faith all together here and um, so we'll probably do that again next week and have maybe one or two more of those. But um, um, we're going to have a time of prayer here this morning. And I did want to mention um, we did take up a special offering last week for Haiti, just kind of spur of the moment, didn't announce it. And we raised approximately $500 here at the church um, just in that offering last Sunday. So that's great. And uh, as you know, as Pastor mentioned, um, the hurricane's coming in to Louisiana, uh, I think around 1 o'clock or so, they think, today. So. Anyway, um, they need our prayers down there, um, and of course, everything going on in Afghanistan. Um, there's so much stuff in the news. Um, I thought about maybe just having kind of a news time when I come up here and bring some good stuff, because we always hear about all the bad, but uh, I have heard some good things. There's been over 400 laws passed on uh, uh, abortion that are, are uh, in favor uh, of getting rid of abortion, uh, most of them at the state levels, but that's happened since the beginning of the year, um, so that's a great thing. Um, just this weekend, Missouri led a uh, sex trafficking operation, and they've um, arrested over, they, they've rescued over 100 um, kids, long. and some of them were adults, and they've arrested, I believe, 47 charged with that, and it went over 12 states, so that's, that's a great thing. Yeah, Missouri. Yeah, Missouri actually led that. Yeah, they, they, they headed it and organized, they said, which is a very rare thing for them to work. But Missouri State Patrol organized it and worked with 12 different states. Um, so, yeah, it's a, if you look up that story, it's, it was kind of interesting for sure. But, uh, but that's a good thing. Um, there's actually been quite a bit done in this country on sex trafficking this year um, as far as arrests go. But, again, that stuff is hard to find, the truth. I mean, just I wouldn't come up here and share that. I looked at it. Confirmed it in a few different places before I just brought it up here because, honestly, I don't trust anybody. And I sure don't trust turning on your television and watching that. <laughs> I still don't think we know the truth of everything. So, uh, But God knows, and God is doing things and still working, so don't get down. Don't get negative. There's still good going on. But we're going to take uh, some prayer requests at this time if anybody has anything they want to mention, along with these that already were talked about. Okay, all right, let's remember this uh, lady Tammy met at Walmart. Yes. My grandson, Kevin, is in the Marines, and his troop is going to be going to Afghanistan. Okay. Okay, let's remember Vicki's grandson, Kevin. Yes. Yes, Craig. Revival. 
revival in the church. We need it desperately. Yes, revival in the churches. Amen. Yes, Molly. Right. All right. Yes. And we'll continue to remember this lady at, at the 7-Eleven. Judy? All right. Yes. Continue to pray for Anita. And um, she's uh, um, still suffering from COVID. Doris? Lorena, okay. Let's remember Lorena. Okay. Yes. Let's remember her. Is there an Okay, let's remember Bill. All right, his health. Was there another one? Yeah. What was her name? Carrie. Carrie. All right, let's remember Carrie. As mentioned, we have a number of uh, different people going and on the road, so remember them. They'll be traveling. All right, let's all stand and go before the Lord here this morning. God, we come to you at this time, Lord, knowing, God, that um, you've heard each of these needs. God, you know each and every request, God, that was mentioned, each heart, Lord, each specific individual, God.
right. We can have a couple of ushers come up. This would be a fifth Sunday offering, um, so it will go towards the building, the new building fund. Uh, so it, anything given that's not marked on envelope or check will go towards that. Um, we will have a little bit of news on that shortly. We did hear the surveys are done, so we just have to go by and get them picked up. So uh, we should be getting word on that pretty soon here, at least. Um, step one of the project is completed. So uh, we thank God for that, and we should have some uh, updates on that here shortly. So let's pray this morning. God, we thank you again for opportunity, God, to be here this morning, God, and just able to give in this offering, Lord. We know that uh, you will bless it and use it, God, and, um, to, to your glory, God. We're just uh, asking that you will help uh, guide us, God, and direct us, Lord, with a building, God, and uh, being in your will, Lord, we just uh, thank you for what you're doing and what you've done in your name. Amen.
Justin was here and led, and um, it's been going over and over in my head, and so we got it together this morning, but it's called The Goodness of God, and the Course says, All my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. So with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God, because he is so good to us. Amen. No matter what's going on in this world, our God is good, and he is faithful to us. Yeah. 
testify to the goodness of God in your life this morning. Thank you, Lord. Every breath we could ever 
Tremendous singing, tremendous singing from both the director, the team, and the congregation. It is thrilling to be in a place where voices are lifted to the Lord in song. I don't know if you had noticed this or not. And it's not a bad thing if you hadn't noticed it, but as a minister, I have noticed that from song number one all the way through, you could take those songs as far as the emphasis of what the song was about and build a sermon. You can go ahead and follow that comment up by saying, that these songs that we have sang and worshiped with today present a tremendous message to all of us and to those that are listening and watching online. Take those words, replay them, you can do that, and build from them what God's message from His Son and His holy way of living for you and I, what a blessing our singing has been today. I'm rather cautious when I use the word our because I know what my contribution to singing is. It's best that I don't open my mouth with words coming out that can be heard. However, The words that are heard, what a blessing they are to all. I wish today, by the help of the Lord, to say something that will bless you and will help you in this troublesome time that we live in. First, I thank the Lord that I have the privilege to live in an area that today, as far as I know, is going to be tornado, hurricane-free. It's going to be war-free, as far as I know. There are other things that can happen, I realize that. 
But I'm grateful that I have that tranquility where you and I live and abide. On the other hand, we have brothers and sisters, we have friends, we have fellow human beings, citizenry that has been created by God that does not have that safety of solitude as we speak. I am sad for the circumstances that many have to endure. I am sad that some will not be able to survive it. I am glad to know that even the Bible suggests that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And I'm also glad to know that we have a Savior that has experienced in one fashion or another all the disappointments, all the diseases, all the failures that mankind is experiencing as we speak, as the Bible points us to know that in all points that he has experienced what we have. We have a caring Lord in a uncaring circumstances, sometimes by even our fellow men. The Lord did not promise us And there is a secular song that suggests this, that we would be roller skating our way to heaven, that it'd be a walk to a flower garden, that there would be trials, that there would be tribulations. But we also have a Lord who said through his word, by the Holy Spirit as it unctioned, a writer that said that fear not man, don't worry about what man can do. Man can only kill the body, but the Lord will take care of the body and the spirit. Thank the Lord for that. My presentation to you this morning comes with a variety of of circumstances of Scripture with a title that is very short, but all does it pose a world of guidance to us. My subject title is To Follow. I began with the Scripture In Joshua chapter 14, verse 14, most of my verses today are from the King James Version. I do have one from the Message Bible. I'll merely mention that when I get to it. In this particular verse of Scripture, we're talking about the man who took over the leadership 
of the children of Israel after they had came through the Egyptian bondage, had came through the sea that opened up and destroyed the enemies as the children of Israel escaped. You've seen the movie, no doubt. And of course, you've heard many a preacher and teacher give reference to it. But this particular man, as he helped in the leadership of the children of Israel, his name was Caleb. The scripture says that Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. I'm not really talking about Caleb, I'm really not talking about the children of Israel, but I am talking about a man that was there for the times that he lived in. That is something that you and I must strive to do, is to be the person for the time that we live in. I do not have to even begin to describe to you about the time that we live in. You went to bed yesterday, got up today, that is if your schedule is somewhat normal, and in that you had a view of what yesterday was like. You have a view of what today is like. And you have somewhat of a view of what tomorrow is like. Caleb did as well. And because of his love of the Lord, because he desired to please the Lord, the Bible says that he was blessed. He was blessed with the inheritance of the province or the country and the, the, also the inheritance of following the people of Hebron. Hebron, as the first line says, came the inheritance of Caleb. But the reason for all of this was that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Just for a few moments, and in conjunction with the title of our sermon today, to follow, think about wholehearted, wholeheartedly. As you think about that, think of some of the things that you have wholeheartedly in involve yourself with from different events in your life. And then think about some of the things that you just as soon been somewhere else when you were having to do it. A world of difference, isn't it? 
a tremendous world of difference. I can think of many times that, and boy, this will get me in trouble, I know, but my wife understands how I am and she knows that this has happened. There's been times that she says, I want you to go to a certain store with me and I need to look at its own sale and how much money we can save and never mentions how much money it costs us to save all that. <laughs> and I, because I love my wife and because I don't want to get in trouble, I go, but not with a whole heart. Now, just to clarify things, because I have a whole heart of love for her, I do go, not the other part, separated, wholeheartedly. We think about that in a sense of we know that we cannot fool the Lord. My wife knows that she uh, isn't fooled either. But it just so happens she's in charge at times. And as we think about serving the Lord wholeheartedly, that is the only way that you and I can truly follow the Lord, is with a determination of singleness of mind and purpose. And we thrust ourselves into not two opinions, but the opinion that I will serve the Lord and I want to follow Him. The next thought I present as I pursue this subject of to follow is leaving all, leaving all. That is, leaving everything that keeps us from following the Lord or from going with Him. And I turn, I ask you to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. And He said unto them, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, Follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. We're talking about to follow. We're talking specifically about following the Lord. We're also talking about something that the disciples did that was a way of life for them. It was their purpose in life in order to pay their bills and to meet their goals in the secular life of the world, to have their nets and to be on the shore, in the water, fishing. This is the way that they function. And sometimes I say function at the junction. But there was a need for them, in order to honor Jesus, to please Jesus in this circumstance, that they had to leave all 
the worldly things behind to follow him. Jesus said, if you want to become a winner of souls, if you want to become a person that helps convert men and women from the walk of life in this world that would lead them to destruction, you've got to leave all obstacles alone and depart from them and follow me. And the Bible says that these disciples, what they did, these particular disciples, that they left their nets and followed him. I remember just recently, in fact, I think it was last week when it occurred, that our grandson, Roman, uh, he just loves to fish, and he, uh, along about six o'clock one evening, he came banging on the door uh, to get our attention. And when I looked, I, I seen him there. I was wondering why he didn't come on in. But when I got to the door, I found out why. He had a beautiful fish that weighed six and a half, seven and a half pounds. In case he watches this, I want to get the weight just exactly right. And it didn't appear to be any effort at all for him to be holding it up. And of course, when I opened the door, he apparently had been going around the neighborhood showing people because it, it smelled like a fish as well. And he wanted to show Grandma and myself what it looked like and that he had caught it. And of course, congratulations uh, on this size fish. Uh, it's a very nice one and one that I'm sure he won't soon forget. He also was getting ready to clean it and assured me that uh, we would get a piece of it. As a matter of fact, a couple of days later, he brought my wife and I a fish nugget about this size. It probably weighed an ounce and a half from a seven and a half pound fish. It didn't make sense, but that was okay. He had done all the fishing and all the work. And about an hour later, my son, I heard him call him and tell him that dinner was ready. Now, Roman likes to eat, but he had a fish that he was cleaning. And my son was smart enough to say to him, do you want to finish what you're doing? And he said, yes, he did. And I thought to myself, hey, boy, I know he's hungry but he is attending to that fish. And so an hour passed, and my son checked on him again, and he still wasn't finished. And he says, just a little while and I'll be finished. Well, I don't know when he finished, and uh, because he was enjoying himself in fish heaven and fixing that fish up and did a beautiful job as well as clean up as well, and uh, very proud of him. But the fact was that he was not willing to give this effort up at all. He had 
a project. I doubt it if the supper tasted like it would have two hours or two and a half hours before he had the opportunity to eat it. He was not willing to leave that little project alone. A little bit different than the disciples, I realize that, but the same principle involved. He was not willing to leave what he had to do. And the fact is that sometimes it is very difficult to wholeheartedly follow the Lord in his word when you are enjoying what you're doing. Now, wait a minute. Is that a contradiction in the scripture? No, not at all. If you go to the book of Hebrews, you will find that there was a man by the name of Moses. Moses was the one that was raised by a a young princess lady that belonged to the family in the kingdom of Egypt. And this particular young lady raised him as a son. Moses, as you know, was found in the basket, floating on the water. And Moses grew up in the palace, in the king's home. His mother was actually the nurse, as you know the story. And his mother, stepmother, was a princess. He had everything that he no doubt desired at his disposal. But the scripture says concerning Moses that in order to please God, that he forsook the pleasures of sin and he went and turned to the Lord, to follow the Lord. The nature of obstacles in a person's life, and I'm not talking about just a person that lives a sinful life that is steep in sin in various ways, whatever it would be. But the nature of obstacles can be very difficult for even the child of God to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. In Matthew, we have chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. This particular person that came to Christ, not a parable here, this is a true story without it being a parable. A certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, meaning Jesus, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not were to lay his head. Now, since this story, this scripture takes on another aspect after this, I'd just like to insert that sometimes people have the thought, Oh, yes. I want to follow you, Lord, wherever you go. But sometimes they haven't counted the cost. They haven't understood the nature of the obstacles that are ahead of them. We're talking about following the Lord 
wholeheartedly. Jesus pointed out to this particular individual, now you understand the foxes have holes. The birds of the air, they have nests. But me, the Son of God, I have nowhere to lay my head. Are you willing to wholeheartedly follow me? And then another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. There has been some misunderstanding from time to time over that this scripture makes it sound very cruel at the loss of a loved one. But what this scripture is implying is to the circumstance of that particular day in the life of the Greek people and the Hebrew people. It was traditional among them that when there was a death that there would be many days taken off. In fact, in some cases, there was people that was high. They were professional uh, funeral people, I suppose, in one way or another, in which they would come and they would sit with the deceased and they would be there for many days. And after many days, then uh, the life would get back to normal and they would return to their normal things. But Jesus was debunking that type of thing. And he said, let, let that situation go. Turn from the proper amount of time, in other words. When the dead is dead, it's going to take care of itself. You don't have to hire people to come in in a professional way and to weep and to mourn and be sad long-faced, and so on. Jesus said, in order to follow me, you've got to understand something. And he described this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. This is a, well, this is where the rubber meets the road, if you please. Matthew 16, 24 then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Wow, what a scripture that is. Some people think it's a cruel scripture. Some people think it's hard. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was leading the multitudes. There was one particular day that Jesus, the disciples and the multitudes were on top of a mountain and Jesus was preaching the word. This is found in Matthew. And the words that he was teaching, preaching, pertain to eternal life. And after a little while, some of the people said, this, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And the Bible says very clearly that many on that day turned away. 
because they could not bring themselves to the point that they wanted to follow him because of what he was saying. But Jesus, he, he turned to his disciples after multitudes left them that day. And he, he said, I want to know from you fellows, are you also going to go away? And Simon, he answered for the group that was there. He said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words to eternal life. And so as I begin to wrap this up this morning, to follow him, it's a message from the Lord. But it's not a message for those that love the Lord with their whole heart. It's not a message for those who are not going to let the obstacles that are injurious to our spiritual relationship with the Lord. It's not going to be difficult for us when we realize that we're, well, I believe the book of James, James, he said it, that life is as a vapor. It appears for a while and then it vanishes away. To follow the Lord. What will we get is usually the bottom line question from so many people. And I, I love what is said by the words of Jesus. Kind of like our songs this morning, practically every message included the message of Jesus and pointed us towards Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 19, Verses 27 through 30, here's what Peter received as an answer. He said, Behold, we have forsaken all. What he gave as an answer. Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus responded by saying, verse 28, Verily, I say unto you that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, brethren, or sisters, Dads or moms or wife or children or lambs, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Just a clarification. Obviously, when it says houses, doesn't mean you shouldn't have a place to live or camp or your family, regardless of who it is. What it means is that you do not allow anyone, including family, to come between you and wholeheartedly serve the Lord. There is no counterfeit approach to being serious about the Lord. Jesus said, as recorded in John chapter 10, 
verse 27. He said, you, my sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You can get by pretending a lot of things to a lot of people, but you cannot pretend one iota to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, I love this particular verse. In fact, the second verse that I read is from the Message Bible. But notice the King James Version first. For even hereunto you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Now, notice there is not the Rolls Royce side of this car, of this prescription. The Rolls Royce representing a fancy car in my terminology. But whatever terminology you would use, just remember to follow him is following someone that has already suffered for us. But he did not suffer us because we were not to suffer or experience discomfort ourselves. But he suffered as an example that we should follow in his steps. Those steps, folks, are going to include difficult times. But... Don't let that change your mind about anything. These difficult times that we may experience, it's going to be because Jesus has set the example and he'll be there every step of the way. Nothing counterfeit, nothing pretending. This is the route as described by Peter. In King James Version, the same version, the same scripture that from the Message Bible. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The life of the one that Christ has lived. To follow him. What an opportunity we have today to re-examine ourselves and where we stand. We stand in of the fact that the world cannot offer such assurance, in lieu of the fact that the world cannot give us such hope and give us such promises as the Lord Jesus Christ has and will give to us and will never forsake us. He'll be with us unto the very end. Today, as I close this particular subject, not one filled with humor, not one filled with impossibilities, but one filled with the fact that Jesus is the director to and giving the directive to follow him every step of the way. Will it be easy? Not all the time. Will it be disheartening? Not at all when we keep our mind stayed upon him. Jesus said in his word that I give you peace. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, 
but the peace that I give to you, no man can take away to follow him. Would you stand with me today as we thank the Lord for the promise that he has to be with us as we follow him. Father, as I pray for our congregation here today, I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and all the encouragement and all the direction that you have charged us with and to follow you. Lord, we realize that as the circumstances go on around in this world, that in some places today it is very difficult. But Lord, we know that you laid down your life. Lord, that you set the example in your sufferings. And Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. I ask that you bless each man, woman, each young man, and each young lady that is here today. I ask you, Lord, to give blessings and strength and give us, help us to know that we must have a resolve to follow you. And Lord, help us right now. Lord, help us right now in the name of Jesus to develop and renew and strengthen that resolve to follow you all the way. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed. Go in the name of Jesus as we follow. Praise the Lord.